This is alphageekradio.com. The following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Coming up today on Casually Hardcore, Hyrule Game of Thrones or A Song of Link and Zelda. Nintendo overwhelmed by creators' applicants. Super Bowl ads gone wrong. Guardians of the Galaxy 2's story is going rogue. Valve bans more from CSGO. All of this, plus Left Shark's secret origins revealed on Casually Hardcore. <laughs> I don't like this place. Alive! It's alive! Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals are here, and we are taking control of these here airways. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Sunday, the 8th of February, 2015, this is Casually Hardcore, and I am Gnomewise. I am Dexa. And I'm Grail. And you may or may not have actually heard our intro just then, because somebody here may or may not have keyed the mic. Uh, huh. Sounds like Grail is super loud. So yes, we got feedback. They say that you're super loud. So that super tells loud. me that uh, we did, in fact, have it going um, in a happy, happy way. Now, you're probably less super loud now. Speak unto me. Okay. I was going to say, I didn't know that was something I needed to do on my end. Or? No, that's on my end. Okay. I had the, uh, the Skype input knob. I cranked gotcha. your knob, dude. <laughs> I, said so I, shouldn't, I shouldn't knob. crank your knob as much. Oh, my God. Yeah. In front of your wife, <laughs> Do you too. guys need some alone time? Hey, <laughs> no. We want you to watch. Anyway, <laughs> rails back on to. Yes, let's do that. Yeah. <sighs> so, welcome to this week's Casually Hardcore your source on the internet for nerdy things hither, thither, and yon, starting with television. So, have you guys actually watched any Flash yet? Yes. yes. We are caught up to where we're supposed to be caught up to, but we haven't watched the newest episode yet. Excellent. But that's okay, because we don't need to talk exactly, about that. Exactly, because we, on Casually Hardcore, respect spoileriness, and we adhere to the Gilligan rule, which is two weeks is the period of time during which it is uncouth and uncool to uh, speak spoilery things in front of others after that time uh, why the hell haven't you seen the episode and it's on you for not being caught up right true so as we uh intimated uh at the end of last week's episode um this week on the flash they the writers kind of showed their stuff and took one of the stupidest and lamest of possible flash canon villains and made him into a credible character on the show the pied piper right now original pied piper was actually dude in green tights with pointy hat what played the flute yeah <laughs> that is not this rendition thankfully no flutes were involved in this yes. entire episode <laughs> no flutes were harmed in the creation of this episode of right uh yeah so a little bit more, and 
one uh, big thing that happened in this episode is we got to see Evil Doctor using his reverse flash powers when not in reverse flash mode. Right. Uh, we see he, he used short bursts of you know, red lightning, super fast movement to avoid uh, injury. And because I'm in my head, I'm thinking all the appearances of, of reverse flash we've seen so far, I think are in our current evil doctor's past temporally. So I think he's already done all those things. And after we, after the, the death of Flash's mother, you know, he, he somehow gets depowered, and now is this, this is his chance to get powered back up. Oh, okay. That's my... Interesting. My take. Hmm. That um, this is all, you know, all the, all the fully powered reverse Flash we've seen are in this guy's past. Um, or it could be the... You know, the I, I know it's going to be one of these two reveals of he hasn't done those things yet, and Flash does things that causes him to do those things, or they it's well it'll whichever trope whatever time travel trope they decide to go with. But right. I, I think it's these things have already happened. This is him trying to trying to make sure the Flash happens so he can get Barry to a certain level of power so he can steal his powers and 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 get speed power again. Hmm. Um, Interesting. We'll see. Time will tell. But this is really the first time we've we've seen. Our you know fake wheelchair bound evil doctor exhibit speed abilities right. So it's like okay, you know confirmed for sure. He's not just grabbing the powers for someone else to use. He's not holding on to the suit for someone else to occupy. Nope, he's got you know the speed force in him. It's his yeah. suit. Yeah, but limited at least. In seems to be very limited, and he has his conversations with the uh, super Cortana computer voice lady. Yeah. Um, <laughs> About you know speed, and they actually use the term speed force, and mm-hmm. his speed force levels are low. Um, so, but that that you know they they could still have been planning on playing a switcheroo on us at some point, where hey, look, he's got the the yellow suit, and look, he's he's do, using something to steal tachyons, and he's obviously we already have already told you, he's obviously a time traveler. They could have been waiting for a big reversal of dun dun dun. It's Cisco in the yellow suit, and he's the Reverse Flash, or whatever. Oh God! <laughs> Just saying, they, they could have they, they, they could have been holding out a a switcheroo of not the person you thought was going to be in the yellow suit. Ha ha! We led you down the primrose path. This is pretty clearly nope. It's it is him. He has the powers. They're just broken, right? Um, and we get glimpses through the antagonist of this week's episode. Into the immediate, the past immediately preceding the um, particle accelerator accident, air quotes accident, where other super geniusy uh, guy on the on the team finds obvious design flaws and problems with the accelerator and brings them to Evil Doctor's attention, who ignores them because he wants it to fail because right, this right. is all about making the flash happen. Yeah. Um, so just more insight into, you no, know, this is all completely contrived and is all, you know, this is Emperor sitting on the throne in front of Luke and Vader saying, everything is unfolding exactly as I have foreseen. Good, good. Um, and right. Then, and in this case, this would have been Vader going to the Emperor and going, I think there's a design flaw. Right. <laughs> Maybe you shouldn't have this huge shaft here next to your yeah. throne. Just saying. You know, and then the Emperor goes, spot. Vader, you're fired. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. 
Um, and then Super Genius Guy goes off and designs the Sonic Gauntlets. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of a tropey one where you know, allows himself to be captured and haha, I did it because I wanted to get into your fortress and and steal. I'm in I'm in your base stealing your dudes. Right. Um, so what it was it was I, it was an entertaining episode. It was fun. Especially it was good. Tied freaking uh, Piper. I think you had that. You had. I mean, they've kind of. You know, we. This really speaks to how interesting the storyline between Barry and Iris is. Is that we almost never talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you have them becoming friends yet again after uh, the previous him saying, you know, oh by the way, I've pined for you for like yeah, you I, know, I, twenty years, carrying a a colossal torch for you, and that's. I think they've. They've gone down a different road than other other TV writers have gone down where that would be a breaking point in their relationship where mm-hmm. you know, the admission of love and what would shatter it. And this, I think, is a little closer to real for people who you know, were effectively raised together from a young age and have a deep friendship that underlies. You know, he, he has romantic feelings for her in addition to being tremendous friends with her. Right. Correct. So... All it really did was make things weird between them. Yeah. It didn't make that friendship vanish. It made that friendship strained. But it didn't... Uh, I'm, gl- I'm kind of glad they didn't have episodes upon episodes of them not speaking to each other and avoiding each other. And, right. And then she comes back and admits her true feelings to him in a rush. She's like, no, I'm, I really love this, this guy over here who looks exactly like that guy from Supernatural's brother. And <laughs> what? Like guy from Supernatural's <laughs> brother? Uh, Uncle's dog's toad? What? No. <laughs> Just I, we had this conversation before. I know. Yeah. I don't think he looks like Castiel. I, I think he looks crazy. like a, a younger blonde Castiel. Um, <laughs> but anyway. Um, I, it's like just because you admitted your feelings to me doesn't mean I, I'm not I'm not still really in love with this other person. So yeah, and so let's just kind of not talk about it all that much and just let's can we still hang together? You know, can we still sure we can still be friends and we'll see where the writers take it later as far as right either turning uh, detective boyfriend into an evil villain that Flash has to defeat at some point or. At least they break up and and they get their their moments to have a relationship. Well, or the the most likely of somebody's dying. Castile is gonna die. Um, Oh, she's totally gonna die. Is totally gonna be something that Barry feels responsible for. Of course, I can't be with you because I let your boyfriend die. My bad. Uh, I think actually that whole relationship thing it works out pretty well because I think it's all about timing. You know, I mean, if he had said something maybe before she had her current boyfriend possibility, but it's all about timing. And she leaves the house, which lets Barry move back in. And I love the relationship of Barry and his, well, you know, second dad, dad. basically. Yeah, foster father, essentially. essentially. I I love the actor who plays um, his foster father. He's so good. Um, I'm curious to see where they go with you know, getting Dad out of prison eventually, which will probably be a big event in a future series, in a future season. Yeah. Oh, I'm um, sure. So, I mean, and I would say the uh, again, though, even in this episode, you have the they're they're a little uneven in the displays of his power still. Yeah. And in this episode where they're sitting there and he's like, well, do you think you want to move in? He's like, yeah. And it's like literally less than five seconds. Mm-hmm. He goes home, packs, everything. and comes back. And I don't know how far away he lived, but we're going to guess it's more than a little bit of a jaunt. So yeah. 
And it's like he does that. It's like okay, if he's that fast, then why is why was the previous episode, which was stupid, very I stupid? We, I could not not I, find anything not wrong with yeah, that episode. That whole episode was, that no, whole episode was a disaster. Captain Cold and uh, Captain, Captain Fire, yeah, whatever, whatever. <laughs> Commander Flame, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And that that was the worst episode. That was the Huntress episode. Yeah. Of oh the Flash, God, basically. yes. No, that, oh. that that is the standout suck this yeah. season so far. Yeah. So it was nice. Yeah. This this episode that we're talking about mainly was a nice reprieve from yeah. that stupidity. Uh, but still, again, I still think they are struggling a little bit with, like, going, like, oh, let's show how fast he is, and it's going to be cool. And then, like, when he's in a combat situation, you're like, well, why aren't you that fast? Then? Right. Why are you suddenly <laughs> not that fast? I mean, and they, they've tried to play up the fact that, you know, he hasn't achieved his full potential, but, guys, you showed it to us. And that his confidence level has a direct relation to how fast he can go. So it's a little bit angsty in that respect. Yeah. Um, sure. But the, it's that's the challenge of really super superheroes. It's the Superman right. effect. Great. What can you throw at him? That's why I hated Superman Returns so much. For the one, just the one story element. I really liked the story, I liked Brandon mm-hmm. Ralph as, as Clark Kent. I liked uh, the idea of, you know, how he, and picking up where the Donner movies had left off with Superman 2. Yeah. Just the, you know, the bad guy, genius, had a genius plan. I will make a place where Superman can never come. Yep. Right. I will make a whole continent that is impregnated with kryptonite. So what does Superman do? He picks up the continent and throws it into space. Right. The continent made of kryptonite. <laughs> While he has a piece of kryptonite. Right, right after being shivved. Freaking shivved. Uh, uh, it Luther. was his side. Okay. <laughs> so if he can do that. Yeah. W- there's, there are no limits. Right. It was like that was game over at that point. Right. Like, so okay, where are you going to take it from here? Yeah. You need someone who is an actual god to show up to threaten him. Right, right. So they're suffering from that problem with, because when you sit down and think about it, super speed and the, the reflexes and the perceptions that come along with it as portrayed by the Flash, mm-hmm. along with the increased metabolism, the ability to recover reasoning, a Wolverine-ish style from injuries. Yeah. That makes for a pretty damn effective superhero. And you got to throw something substantial at him every week for you to f- really feel like the character is in any kind of danger. Yeah. Yeah. And I think mainly also because they really ramped up his understanding of his powers because he had the team there kind of helping him. Right. So he didn't really even have that much of an awkward phase where he wasn't in control. Because well, he has Dr. Evil there who already knows all about the speed force. Right. And is right. guiding him, you know, hand-holding him through, because he already knows exactly what he's capable of because he's already seen it. Yeah. Yep. So it's, it's kind of a perfect storm of great. And, here, and here's your super, you know, uh, friction-resistant suit that just happens to look like body armor and have the flash symbol on it. And, and go. And so... Yeah. It is. It's, yeah. it's uneven. The, the threats are uneven because we had the threat this this on this week's episode of really really smart guy who again is planning six steps ahead of everybody, and 
you know, that is playing to Barry's weakness of being very impulsive and, and just, you know, jumping in with both feet without thinking and has to be saved ultimately at the end by Dr. Evil um, in kind of a really contrived campy. Let's use the local satellite radio car stereos to put in a destructive interference wave. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only works in the movies, kids. Um, <laughs> but it allowed, uh, you know, Dr. Evil Pants to prove, hey, hey, I'm on the good guys team and you shouldn't take me for, you know, the the big reveal that, and he goes before the city, does a, does a, um, a mea culpa, mea culpa yeah. big time of, I ignored warnings that I was given that this could go wrong and it did go wrong this way and I'm very, very sorry and throws himself on his sword and, you know, redeems himself in the eyes of the team to a large extent. Yeah. Um, well, he had to do that if he wanted to regain his co- uh, Barry's confidence. Bingo! Because so. it's all about staying close to Barry. Exactly. He didn't do it to you know for the greater good. He did it to just no, stay on. One day Barry's he needs a vampire, the speed force out of him, and to, for that he has to trust him. <laughs> exactly. So suck your speed force away. So it, it was a good recovery from Revenge of the Rogues the week before. The, yes. Oh God, yes. The out of tune song of Ice and Fire that that was. <laughs> And over to Arrow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so make sure I'm on. Don't accidentally jump ahead a week here. Nope. Make sure I'm on the right one. So this is my turn to be behind. Oh, okay. Um, so you, you guys bring me up to speed. So this is Midnight City. This is the one after he's been dragged to Mystery Hut. Yeah, so he goes to Mystery. I mean... The the part of the actual arrow was pretty small in this one. I'm assuming he's still doing the flashes of him recovering and being yeah. saved, and this is all about the team and his absence. And please God, it's going to be about Black Canary, isn't it? Oh my gosh! Yeah. Yes. So brand new Laurel Black Canary who suddenly has kung fu. Where the hell did she get kung fu? Well, no, she gets pretty she much gets beaten around beaten the entire the, uh, episode. Because yeah. her, 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 her introduction at the end of the last help, episode. She ends up punched in the face normally. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Or they, they intro her, which is good because yeah. you want to see her punched in yeah. the face. Oh, God, she's yes. unbelievably annoying. I was really afraid because they introed her at the end of the last episode and she was immediately kicking ass. Mm-mm. Yeah. Like, no, no she, at least her, her stepsister or half-sister or whatever you know, went away for a, a, a for-show period of training with dad. Where in a span of months she gets you know two decades worth of skills, right? Like, TV montage style. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, yeah. And so I was like, oh god, they're going to make her just an instant uh, street brawler. So she, the, so they actually make her mortal and not not an instant superhero. Yeah. So I mean, you have a couple of weird things. So uh, I can't remember his name in the show, but I always refer to him as Bullet Tooth Tony. <laughs> is the new crime boss Brick or Brick? Brick, Brick, Brick. Yes. yeah, Brick. Mr. Brick or Brick, whatever his name is. He's a major so, villain from the from the franchise. Yeah, Brick. and he's, he's just pretty. The, he's the kingpin. He is kingpin. Yeah, and he's pretty impervious to bullets and arrows. <laughs> and arrows. <Apparently>. <laughs> so <laughs> projectile weapons are kind of his his yeah, thing too. So he's pretty tough, and he basically every time Black Canary, the new Black Canary, goes at him, he punks her pretty good and ends he up does. choking her normally. Um, and she, you know, they kind of try it. So some aldermen get kidnapped. He kidnaps a couple aldermen in order he, to hold the And this is insane. So he kidnaps three aldermen and then says, if you want the aldermen back, you need to take all the police out of the Narrows 
or whatever. Is that what it's called? In, in no, you're uh, thinking of Batman. That's there. Batman. The Glades. The Glades, yeah. So same, same general <laughs> same, thing. Same idea, yes. Get out of the slums. It's our, that's our territory now. So that's the threat. Um, eventually, after a failed try at first, where one of the aldermen gets killed. Because they failed. Because basically. they failed. Because Laurel sucks. Uh, baby. Good, and good. Arsenal, I mean, Arsenal has to spend most of his time trying to keep her alive. So Pretty they end much. up... Uh, not catch getting them and so Brick shoots one of the aldermen as he leaves and you know then Laurel has this crisis of faith which then prompts Felicity kind of goes through this translation of understanding that oh yeah yeah, transition of basically coming to realization that you know maybe we're not I wasn't doing this for vengeance we're really doing this to protect those people that are still alive and so she kind of gets back on board with the mission uh, not only with them, but also helping uh, Brandon Roth's character with his chip, his issue with his lasers mm-hmm. for his suit. So he, she ends up lasers, fix, yeah, freaking lasers, lasers uh, fixing that and handing it back to him. Um, they go on another mission. They're able to track down where these aldermen are now, of course, with Felicity's help, and they successfully rescue them. And then, for no apparent reason, the mayor still decides. I'm still that this much afraid of Brick, Mr. Brick, that I'm going to still pull the police out of the glades. Which, okay. I don't think any city ever would do that. No. <laughs> yes. Said, said no mayor ever. Yeah. Exactly. I'm going to publicly give in to a crime lord in my own city. Right. And give up yeah. a chunk, a whole district. That, that would have never happened. Yeah. So it was. That'd be, that'd be like President Bush ceding Manhattan to you know the the terrorists the right. day after nine eleven. And then during this whole time, Thea is trying to Malcolm Merlin is trying to leave the city because right. you know he doesn't want to get killed. Durr. And Thea obviously doesn't want to leave because she doesn't know what's happening to Ollie, and Ollie. so they're having issues back and forth. And she finally convinces him to stay because hey, if he's going to be hunted anywhere, he might as well be hunted where, where he, he wants where he to knows, be. Yeah, right. So that situation happens, and then one of the things that happens at the end is when Thea goes back to her club, that new DJ who's, you know, kind of flirting she, with her the whole time turns out to be one of Roz's men. for, yeah, the mm-hmm. league. So <laughs> you find that out, and he basically is like, call, you can tell he's calling in. He's not only calling in, but he's calling in to uh, Oliver Queen's friend, the guy who's been all flashbacks. Gotcha. Um, and say, basically tell him, hey, Malcolm Merlin and uh, his daughter are staying put in uh, Starling City. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, and otherwise you have Oliver basically recovering, still hurt. Uh, you know there's definitely tension, and it was the guy that left apparently the wife because the wife is still saying how much she loves him, but he decided that he needed to, you know, restart his life or whatever for whatever the reason was, but they still haven't gotten to the point in the flashbacks to show why those two are no longer together. Oh, it's going to be that he left because to protect her because yeah. his life put her in danger once. Probably. Obviously. And yes, I was, that, able, and I was able to like save said, you I'm this still time. The son's going to die at some point. Yes. So. <laughs> um, but other than that, I mean, that was it. And then some assassins come to the hut to check it out. He's like, oh, yeah, nobody's here. They discover, well, there really is somebody here. And so they end up killing all these assassins. And, you know, Oliver again is like, well, don't go back now because, you know, he's going to kill you. And the guy goes, nope, I got to go. Yep. <laughs> and that was that. <laughs> so. 
as episodes go, it was kind of a meh episode. Um, not a whole lot happened in it other than this was really like, let's show Laurel now as Black Canary part right. of let's well, we're start in- integrating her with the team. It's an inter- But it wasn't a good integration. No. no. In my opinion. I mean, yeah, even when, oh, I don't so, know, the, so even, everyone even knows when that- Arsenal started, he, it doesn't seem like he had that big a problem integrating with the team. He did need to learn how to fight properly and yeah. how to no, that do was a big, everything That else. was a big plot line of, of him going from street punk to team member right and he but he also had more impetus to come into the team because they were like well you have super serum basically coursing through your veins maybe we can help you control it and by teaching you all this discipline and fighting will help you hold on to it and you can maybe even be a help with it Mm. that was his reason for originally joining once he got cured he just stayed on right because he's fighting a good fight now laurel's just like i don't, you know, I'm I sad my sister died. Revenge, yeah, yeah. So, meh. Yeah, we'll see. The, um, I mean, it moved everybody forward. It inched yes. the Adam f- closer to being the Adam. Yeah, it inched her Black Canary closer to being less annoying, and it inched Ollie closer to health. Yeah, and I think the main thing is I'm just a little worried that Brick is going to be the villain of this season pretty which because i don't i don't like him he's nowhere near as compelling as merlin uh, as was. merlin was nor as uh deathstroke yeah yeah because merlin is you know super smart clearly completely insane but genius yep. and you know deathstroke is freaking deathstroke i would say yeah. he's insane oh. at least not psychotic insane no i no. think he is i think he's 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 quite mad he's just very calm about it yeah um and that's that's what makes him such a fun villain he's it's like you know when the joker is played well he's not that level of psychosis of truly caring about nothing like the the most recent iterations of the joker were mm-hmm. he has Things he cares about, goals, and is simply willing to do absolutely anything to achieve those goals. Yeah. Um, in this, and and does some pretty insane things like oh, redundancy. Uh, yes. And right. cares not for the the lives that are being annihilated because well, it gets me what I want. Right. right. That's that's a kind of crazy. That's a big kind of crazy. Lack of total void of empathy for other human beings who get in your way. Yeah, that's uh, no. I it is kind of. It's definitely kind of crazy. But he's not like a psychotic crazy. No, he's not wacky. Woo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Exactly. Ah, uh, so uh, other television fun stuff. Um, more fun coming from the land of Netflix original content. Oh, yes. Two stories, two stories this week about uh, all the joy coming out there. But the yeah. big news this week is they're co-developing with Nintendo a live-action uh, direct-to-Netflix series based on the Legend of Zelda property. Link on your TV. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, who do we cast as Link? Uh, <laughs> and I don't know. How how many times are talking heads in the mainstream media going to refer to the character as Zelda? Yeah, uh, awesome. every single time. Yeah, count count down to the number of times they put the picture of Link up and say, "And Zelda." And Zelda. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Who would who uh, who, who is know. a pretty boy we could we could cast? Because uh, clearly a pretty boy. I mean, elfin yeah. features needed. Um, uh, call her Orlando Bloom. <laughs> he needs no, because he needs to be younger. Yeah, I know. yeah, he needs to be a little kid. 
It depends on, on where they, they they dip into the franchise. Right, right. I mean, Ocarina of Time kind of screams for... Uh, that's where the stories kind of started to grow up. Um, yeah, I'm, nobody is jumping to mind as, ooh, ooh. I, I, I think it needs to, I, I think they needs to be a little bit younger. Yeah, I mean, I think you'll have teenager-ish. Oh, the kid who played Percy. Um, oh, Percy Jackson? Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yeah, that. he's got some pretty delicate features going on there. That yeah. Can, you know, blonde him up a bit. Yeah, blonde him up. He's he's pretty, yeah, I think he could do it. Uh, hmm. That could work. Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. He's, um, ooh, uh, alliteration yeah. in the name. Yeah. Um, so this is from Polygon.com. Uh, sounds like it's in very early development. Netflix and Nintendo are reportedly working closely together on the live action show, are seeking a writer. Uh, the series could be spiked uh, should Nintendo and Netflix not decide to go forward with the show. So it's the, you know, they haven't begun anything other than saying, hey, let's, we think we should do this. Uh, Perry V.A. in the RC will, excuse me, princess. Um, what? <laughs> a, a Percy line. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Um, you know, their most recent outing, Marco Polo has met with mixed levels of, of reception uh, wasn't the the runaway success on the on the coattails of Game of Thrones that they were looking for I think um, but they're still trying and they're you know, they've, they've shown the willingness to dip into the comic books franchises now they're say hey let's do something video game based so I can't do anything but cheer them on say more 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 like this keep keep going out on these limbs yeah because- well I'm happy to see them. I mean, obviously, Netflix, I think, is doing the right thing, and they're going to have misses, but uh, at least they keep, you know, throwing money at interesting new content. Yeah. Um, but the main things are, to me is, number one, the the reason why we had a bit of a Game of Thrones even reference was they the the way they were describing yeah. it, it was that it was going to be a Game of Thrones for family. <laughs> Which is a complete yeah. contradiction in terms. Right. You can't have right. a Game of Thrones for the family. Yeah. Unless it's the Manson family. Right. <laughs> for a family audience. Uh, the other thing, though, is, and it's funny because we're going to have like kind of the, the two sides of Nintendo in, this, in today's show. Mm-hmm. This is like what they should probably be doing, and they've been really hesitant in the past to marketing their IPs out to anything outside of their control. Yeah. Um, and this is the first time in a long time Nintendo's actually taken one of their best-known uh, items and given it out to a Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, basically involves somebody non-Nintendo in creating content. Well, and, and their fears are not unjustified. I mean, you look through the dark period that Marvel went through when they were oh, hurting yeah. for cash and they just kind of gave away Fantastic Four and Punisher. Sure. And from that era, we got some bright spots. The original Blade was from right. that era. Um, but we also got, you know, the never-to-be-released Roger Corman version of Fantastic Four. Right. And the only-released-overseas Captain America films. Um, yeah. So, and, and we've... And well, I think even Nintendo could look back towards, like, the Super Mario Brother movie. Oh, God, what a acid trip. And, <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, and they had, like, the short-lived uh, Legend of Zelda cartoon. Right. Um so they haven't exactly had the best track record showing in other medias. Yeah. Uh, except for, I mean, and really like Pokemon was 
came to Nintendo, it wasn't something they right. spawned. So. Right. So it was already existed as other properties and said, hey, right. we think there's a synergy here. Yeah. yeah. Damn, Skippy, DS, meet Pokemon. Pokemon, right. meet the. Actually, it was uh, GBA at that point, right? Uh, yeah, because that was Pokemon Red and Blue. Yep. Yeah. Oh, God. It was just, GB- it was just Game Boy. The original Game Boy. Original God. Game Boy. Game Boy. Yeah. Wow. I, th- I thought that was later than that. Those, uh, the original oh. black and white Game Boys, huh? No, yeah. If you remember, like, uh, remember Twitch plays Pokemon? Yeah, okay. They played Red sure. and Blue, and it was all the L- LCD screen. Oh, the originals. God. Yeah. I feel so old. Yeah. <laughs> um, so sticking with the Netflix thread, and we'll return to the Nintendo thread okay. in a second. Um, this week saw the release of the first teaser trailer for the Netflix original Daredevil film. Or yeah. series, rather. Um, looks pretty good. It's, it's just the normal sizzle reel. Doesn't tell you a whole ton, but gives you glimpses of the characters. Yeah. Um, and it gives you a glimpse of the version 1.0 of his Daredevil suit. Um, not the red leather of the modern cartoon, but the kind of kludged together black uh, ninja-esque outfit. Um, with the... Uh, Which is basically black pants, a black shirt, a black belt. And, and a hood covering his eyes because yeah. <laughs> Daredevil don't need no stinking eyes. That's exactly. right. Um, we get a glimpse from behind of Fisk. Uh, this, and it's described as this is an origin story for Kingpin as much as it's an origin story for Daredevil. Okay. Right. Um, so this will be you know Fisk becoming the Kingpin um, or you know, rising to his role of prominence in, in uh, yes, Barry VA in the IRC. He, he does look exactly like Dread Pirate Roberts. saying. <laughs> <laughs> As you wish. As you wish. <laughs> um, yeah, he, he really does. Um, but you get the flavor of, of Daredevil becoming Daredevil. So his, much like they did in Batman Begins, the first forays of Bruce in the suit, we see him screwing up. Right. Um, you know, amateur. Um, so we get to see him biting off more than he can chew in a few scenes and getting the snot beaten out of him. Um, but it looks, it looks, you know, the, the, the character, the, the, the feel of the cinematography looks nice and gritty and, and actiony. And I uh, like the actor they've chosen for Matt Murdock, um, mm-hmm. you know, looks, looks good in the suit. Um, as in the the lawyer suit, so it looks like you would be at home in the courtroom as well as vigilante boy. Um, I, I just I came away with a, a good feeling. Okay, okay, it looks like this could be another score for for Marvel. What do you guys feel? It looks really good. I mean, there's not much to the teaser trailer, yeah. but I think it uh, it wet my whistle. Mm-hmm. I'd watch it. Yep. So Daredevil wets Dax's whistle. There's, there's, there's the title for today's episode. Got it in one. <laughs> yes. I mean, I wouldn't not watch it. it. It looks like it could possibly be a good show. Yeah, I've been watching some of the, the casting information on AKA Jessica Jones, which is the one that I, the property that I know nothing about and I'm actually most looking forward to. Um, I didn't know a ton about Daredevil, but I've got you know, snippets of it in my brain from the Ben Affleck movie iteration of it. Um, we'll see. I, but, but it didn't. You know, it had every possibility that what they put into that that teaser trailer could have turned us off. So the fact that at least okay, first taste, positive reaction, bodes well. Kind of like the, the teaser trailer for Guardians. Like okay, I'm feeling a little less reserved about this. This could be a good thing. Now show me more. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So Which that- is kind of you know if the uh, Nintendo 
Zelda it puts up something kind of like this. It I needs w- to look at least as good as the April Fool's tra- trailer from a few years ago, <laughs> which was a freaking awesome piece of fan fan service, uh, you know, fake trailer making. Yeah. Um, I mean, just oh, just a, a few of the effect shots were, were corny. Everything else was like, this is completely believable as a trailer for a Link movie. Um, and that, the whole lot of effort went into that. Um, so if it, they can make it look at least as good and as appealing in, as, as the, the fake trailer looked, then they'll have me on board. Um, and I'm not even a, a huge Zelda fanboy. I've played very little of the franchise. Um, I just I get I get it by I get a contact high off of nearby Zelda fans because um, they're so rabid and, and ravenous about their love for the series. Yeah, um, they really are. I don't really know that much about Zelda either. I, I think I've maybe played one game, and I think I didn't. Even, that was a long, long time ago, and I maybe only played it for a couple hours. Yeah, so. I, I played the SNES generation stuff. And yes, not really. But other than that, newer. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think yeah. I've played it all that much. But I hey, I think it's cell shaded. I forget which got, one. Wind Waker. It's I think. got a lot of geek um, cachet. Yes. So we we can't admit our, our lack of knowledge. We know all. Yes. <clears throat> well, it's not even that. But I mean, hey, it must must be worthwhile since everybody else likes it. So might as well check it out. Yes. So backtracking down the thread and taking the fork that leads back to Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Also from Polygon. Um, so. Nintendo has uh, an interesting relationship with YouTubers. You, you may have heard of YouTube. It's kind of this thing we have on the internet that is an explosively growing, uh, seething cauldron of creation where some people are finding their fortunes um, as broadcasters by going straight from themselves to their audience. And one really popular uh, slice of that pie, as in PewDiePie, see what I did there, mm-hmm. um, is Let's Plays, where you basically record yourself playing through a game with commentary. And apparently, if you're entertaining about it, you can get lots and lots of viewers. Just people just watching you play a video game. People who just want to see what the content looks like without having to own the console or play the game. Or just interested in how entertaining you are as the person giving commentary as you play the game. Mm-hmm. And some development houses, like the normally reviled EA, have been really supportive of these people saying, hey, you're giving us free buckets of PR. Right. Here's some assistance you know, in doing what you do. Nintendo's taken the opposite tack, which is, hey... That's our copyrighted material you're streaming. No. And they got with Google. And basically, if anyone was monetizing a stream containing Nintendo um, assets, that revenue was redirected to Nintendo, which made for some very bad press for Nintendo a while back, basically saying, so you're not only not thanking me for giving your product-free PR and promotion, you're taking away my internet livelihood. Right. Insert commentary about greedy, corporate, evil vampires. So Nintendo rolled out their creators program, which is this convoluted series of tubes that money must flow through for the people doing the actual work in creating these videos to get a cut. 
So you put up you, – you sign up for the creator's program. You put a video on your YouTube channel. The money is still channeled for, for any you know, revenue you get from advertising that goes through your channel. Still goes to Nintendo. And then some magical algorithm does some calculations that basically says, okay, Nintendo gets most. And then some of the money gets funneled back to you through their creator program. That's not a good business practice. It's, from, from that, it's a good practice. It's basically free money for no effort, for almost no effort on Nintendo's part because they're creating none of this. They created the system for tracking it is all, which is basically hooking into the API that Google already offered companies like Nintendo for tracking their content online. Um, so they opened up applications for the creators program. And what they're claiming is this is one of the most popular things we've ever done. We can't even keep up with the applications that are coming in so fast. Um, They're trying to spin it as a positive thing. Look how many people want to, you know, stream Nintendo properties on YouTube. Aren't we cool? And the reaction is, look how many people whose money you stole want a slice of it back the only way you're offering them. Yeah, no (laughs) kidding. So, yeah, yeah, the Polygon article is titled, Nintendo says it can't keep up with applications to controversial creators program. Uh, yes, uh, Nintendo Creators Program. Join now and receive a part of the advertising proceeds for your Nintendo-related YouTube videos. Nintendo, did you not look around and see that you're the only company doing this? Yeah. You're the it's... only ones that thought this was a good idea. Yeah, I have no idea how uh, how they thought this was a good idea. Uh, free money. So if people are paying these people to play their games because the other people don't want to own and buy the games and then or the systems then the people who are already playing the games are going to be mad at them so those people are not going to want to play their games or buy their games wouldn't that leave nobody to buy their games stop making sense yeah i'm just saying there's there's just no i mean i don't know other than the short term maybe they just said you know we need a short-term cash in, you know, well, Serathis yeah. in the IRC makes the point that why don't they just boycott Nintendo, to which I say this has been happening, is people are moving to doing Let's Plays of other properties of, of companies that are much friendlier to YouTube sure. uh, personalities. So the, what we may see over the long term here is nobody will bother doing videos of Nintendo products because out of fear that they might pull the rug out from under them or change the rules or just... Because why would you give away the lion's share of your ad revenue when if you just chose a title from another publisher? You'd get all of it. You'd get all of it. Yeah. So well, I'm, I mean, I'm choosing my next game, Nintendo, where I will get 30% of what I earn, or EA, where I will keep 100% of the traffic I generate. Hmm. Well, now, the Nintendo says they want 40% of the advertising. Revenue. Okay. So, so, so they are giving, they're, they're magnanimous enough to give you 60%, 60% of, you would, of what yeah. you called into existence when you created but they're saying well we helped you we created the title that you were commentating on i don't disagree with that you know the, mm-hmm. the this the annoying thing is you know they're not wrong but they are an asshole you know as <laughs> as the dude says well you're not wrong but you are an asshole so you know, you're, you are correct without the game that you invested in and you created this person would have nothing to do a let's play about. You are correct. Sure. 
but, but. It doesn't change the, yeah, but there's a big but there. And again, to me, it's you're gonna a lot of very popular streamers are already calling this a terrible idea, and most likely will not be participating. You're gonna have some people do it because obviously it's either they love Nintendo or whatever reason they have for doing it, and you'll have some you know a group of people that only have nintendo products that will utilize these channels yeah uh, i think the th- other big thing that it brings into question though is if nintendo is your benefactor to basically saying here's the not only that but they're also there's a list of games they'll let you do this with so some games aren't on that list right. like super smash brothers brawl which is probably their biggest game yeah, exactly. right now because uh, it has an esports community all right. around it so they're uh so they're limiting you, limiting you that way, but they're also basically saying, here's what you can do. And so if any site that engages in any type of reviews, you now have to call that in question because you're basically, if you have a lot of negative reviews, will Nintendo pull the rug from you then and say, well, you're not allowed to stream our games any longer? They're walking walk the fine line between fair use where they can't. Yeah. If, if, they're, if they're just doing a journalistic review, of they're not right. allowed to... to but there's there have been shenanigans on around where DMCA takedown issue uh, sure. have been issued against people who just had all they had was negative reviews where they used the you know nothing over the recognized uh, time right. limit of a clip you know it's like thirty five seconds or less and it's it's considered fair use. Nintendo is saying you're showing the game in its entirety. Uh, that's not fair use. Right. And right. again, they're not wrong. No, no, they're not wrong. They're it's, just, it's just very short sighted of them. It is. What. You know, ah, companies never... that go with the flow are the ones that last longer. Yeah. So yeah, I we'll think see there, what there's going to be a hindsight moment where there'll either be a changing of the guard at Nintendo and they'll they'll, they'll roll back on this, or God help us, uh, this is the beginning where all and everyone will follow Nintendo's lead, and then all the all the publishers will try and recoup their losses. Well, I mean, don't do that. Don't do it. You're, you're, killing, you're killing a wonderful thing that is, does nothing but promote the entirety of your industry. And, and, and a rising tide raises all boats, guys. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think that'll be the case because uh, Sony and Microsoft both made it a point to include streaming yeah. in their OSs on their consoles to allow you to easily stream on Twitch uh, and basically are promoting, making their consoles mm-hmm. very friendly to do this. Uh, for Nintendo, I mean, you know, enjoy third place in yeah. the exactly. home market because that's where you're going to be for a so long time. Another fun article that we, we passed by is um, one of the features lacking on the Xbox One should be addressed soon, which is the ability to do simple uh, freeze, freeze frame screenshots. Yeah, yeah. Should they be coming showed soon. some beta. PS4 has been able to do that for a while, and you could do it in a backhanded way because you can, you can stream and record your whole right. gaming session and you just have to go into that saved video and edit out a screenshot. Just kind of a pain in the ass to do it yeah. that way. Yeah, so it's a lot nicer. Yeah, and I mean, uh, you know, Microsoft has shown definitely a dedication to to upping their uh, uh, platform, as has Sony. So both of them, and like like you said, again, they're, they're very focused on. You want to create content? Go for it. Here you go. Yep. Do it. That is the right answer. Yeah. All right. That brings us to break time. I've got a little uh, track from the last year's Wootstock six point which I had, I had not realized I had not published in its entirety. So last week I got up the remaining tracks from that posted to the Off Geek Radio RSS feed. Sorry for the delay on that one. I guess I got distracted mid-project and never came back to it. Oops! Uh, from that, we have a Marion Call doing the periodic table of the elements uh, 
fantasy style. So it's uh, a nod to the old Tom Lehrer song where he actually made a song just reciting the elements from the periodic table. This is the periodic table from elements that appear in sci-fi. So Unobtainium is featured uh, front and center in this one. We shall return right after this. This is Justin Robert Young from the Weird Things Podcast. You're listening to Alpha Geek Radio. There's isogen and necrogen and mithril and vibranium and arcanite and kryptonite and also one obtanium. Platinum, gundanium, jambonium, telonium and carbonite and corbamite and scrith and wonderflonium. Energon and metroton and flubber and shazamium and aquadria and claudia and also adamantium, visorium, radonium, saccharidite and nucleon. And still for struck reared metal dragon bane and phlogiston. Dilithium, trilithium, phazon, and amazonium, bombastium, pizzazium, melange, and randomonium, illudium, Q36, ice 9, and thiatimaline, and oxium, and oxygen, and polarite, and soil, and green. Um, technically, Marion. Technically, nerd. <laughs> Soylent green is not an element, it's a compound. Made of something else. What's it made of, Mike? Soylent green is people. Ick. Ah, there's liquid trust and ruby quartz and octavial malcohyde, iridium, turbidium, dark steel, and metacyanide, balthazate, bendizium, byzantium, and magicite, and protonite, and grimacite, and phosphite, and there's solarite, frunium, bazulium, balonium, and berium, infernium, neuridium, and slutin, atmospherium, thersitium, francolithic, mixielabidium, erixidix, indoxidix, indoxidix, and obsidium. There's mordite, morphite, nethocyte, ruin, monopasium, antillium, and trinium, and xenon, obsidasium, zirconium, afradium, red rain, and maritanium, coendiar, celestrobons, faxculin, talicanium. Close enough. <laughs> and then there's love, the one that saved the world in the fifth element. <laughs> Though the fifth is really boron, if you're wondering what the hell I mean. Good night. Hey, this is Veronica Belmont from Vaginal Fantasy, and you are listening to Alpha Geek Radio. Casually Harker continues live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. Round two, fight. Uh, so you were watching in the interim there, our last little bit of TV goodness, uh, the teaser trailer for the second half of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. season was released a couple days ago. Uh-huh, yeah. The, the mid-season two return trailer, uh, also known as the We Left Space for um, Agent Carter, <laughs> so, yes. so we don't get, come back until uh, March. Um, so we see kind of the aftermath of... Well, I'm going to assume the the whole ending of last episode where they were encased in Obsidian briefly there before um, the process was interrupted, shall we say. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking that that's maybe the TV series riff on Terrigen Mist, and it's how this this is how they show the Inhumans you know un- unlocking their powers in this version of the Marvel Universe. 
instead of big mist-filled room, uh, you get encased in stone for some reason. And they imply that the two, the, the, the different outcomes. Uh, so Reyna has obviously under, undergone some kind of physical change. Correct. Because they, show, they showed her eye um, and surrounding face a little bit in the end of the last one here. You get to see her Hands, kind, of, kind of spiky alien-looking hand coming around a corner. And Sky has got some kind of psionics going on. Um, so she hasn't physically changed, but she's got powers now. Yeah. Um, which is in completely in keeping with the the rules of how the inhuman race works. They're all born pretty typical human, and then at some point they will be exposed to the Terrigen Mists, and they will that will unlock their mutation. This is Marvel's backdoor way of getting mutants into the cinematic universe because they can't use mutants because they sold them to Fox. Yep. So we'll see where they go with this. Maybe this is where we'll get the all the members of the two sides of Civil War in time for there to be enough on either side of the fight. Yeah, or at least uh, start providing more reasons for why they would get to that point. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we'll – not only that, but hopefully this will increase the amount of super-powered people on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Since it's been kind of few and far between. Uh, when they involve folks with abilities, mm-hmm. we'll see what kind of uh, you know powers they, they they might do the whole Jean Grey thing with Sky, and I'm a little worried they might because I don't think the actress has the chops to pull that off. No, um, where she will slowly get more and more powerful until the point where the power overtakes her. Um, we'll see. Hmm. Little, little snippets of what's to come. It's like okay, at least at least. They seem to have a plan, and they are not just making new crap up. They are tapping the, the vast well of story ideas that the Marvel Universe already has. So my, my fear was always with these different Marvel properties is they would, that the new creators coming on board would, f- would feel the need to reimagine and go in exciting new directions with the characters. In other words, impose their ideas onto the framework of an already fleshed out world where you don't need to do crap like that. Right. And Marvel has, I think, held the whip hand really strongly in these relationships. They say, no, you will stay within the boundaries. You will color within the lines because the lines are already vast. You don't need to go off the deep end. Small changes? Sure. Complete re- re- retcons and remodels? No. So... Nothing you know they've done in any of these movies and TV shows has remade anything in an exciting new image. So here's hoping they keep just using all the stuff they already they've already written and just bring it to the screen for us. Uh, yeah, my only real issue that I, with what I have with Marvel uh, in terms of Agents of Shield is they really are playing a long ball view of their story. Oh hell yeah, and it's like. Maybe too long. <laughs> it's, like it's, it's, it's not the off. fast pace we are we've come to expect from television. Right, right. Well, especially and again, like we discussed, Arrow and Flash. I mean, Arrow, the first episode, he is the back. He's in the city and he's 
jacking people with arrows. Yep. And then you get the flashbacks to how he became that. Well, well that, was, really that, that was from, a clever way they could get right to the action, though. Right, exactly. right. And that was great. And Flash, they introduced him in Arrow, but his first episode, by the end of the episode, he's the Flash. Yep. And, you know, you're going through the origin, but he's at least there and doing this. With Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., it has been such a long haul. Well, it's like they, they started this. Arrow and, and started on the island with the yeah. shipwreck. And just followed that storyline linearly. Right, right. Correct. So it's been, it's been hard, I think, especially having that contrast yeah. weekly <laughs> to, to look at Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and not be like, okay, guys, let's, let's pick up the pace Can here. Can we get, get to, to it? Let's get to, yeah. And so hopefully now that they've taken their break, maybe they're going to come back and this is where. With guns are blazing. Really and if you're going to have such a long ball view of something like that, then you might want to throw in some little short things in the middle to keep us all interested, you know? Like Agent Carter. Yes. Small little stories in between. Yeah. Um, we shall see. Now, having having stated that, you know, we like the fact that Marvel is, is staying on book, uh, we have an article from Polygon saying that the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is going off the reservation. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, you know. We're basically not going to obey what the established canon says about who Peter Quill's father is, is what they're saying. Right. That was the big reveal, I guess, here, was that uh, we're not going with... I mean, maybe he'll be named Jason, but... Right. It, uh, it won't be Jason of Sparta. Not of that um, any longer. So, And they've, they've intimated in other interviews that I've read that it's somebody we've already met. Really? 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 And not, not that that one is is you know very large grain of salt taken with because it was it was an offhanded comment. Um, it's the collector. Oh God! That was you... who they put forth as the possibility. That oh. would be the one that makes sense. Since you mean you have Peter Quill running around uh-huh. collecting. collecting. Uh-huh. Yeah. Daddy's pulling the strings. Yeah. So oh. that's a little silly. That is. Total speculation and rumor yeah. based on tiny little things that Gunn has said. Um, this one is very straightforward. You know, in in the interview, he, he's talking about. He says right out, "It's different than what's in the comic books." In, in yeah. a, and this is an upcoming podcast that's going to release Monday. Yeah, uh, Peter Quill's father is somebody different in the comics. So when they when the movie came out, we got greenlit for the second one right away. I went and sat down with them and said, uh, "Okay, here's what I think the sequel should be," and they were like, "Oh." That's risky, but okay. Uh, and so they began writing it from the perspective, we're going to change this really fundamental yeah. story element from the comics. And that's a big deal when you see that they really haven't done that um, in any of the other stuff that they've brought to the screen. And I think huh. they're kind of banking on this one being, this is this definitely is not, obscure. Yeah, this is not a, a dearly yeah. held... Yeah, comic property like Captain Freaking America, or you're right. not changing Charles Xavier as the head of the school or anything, you know? Right, it's it's Charlene Xavierette, yeah, his full yeah, exactly. full <laughs> head of blonde hair and fire powers, exactly. Right. Um, right, but I mean they've done it in small ways where sure the Asgardians out of the gate are immediately clearly explained as very advanced alien species and right. that ultimately technology and advanced um, science is behind all their godlike powers. 
when Thor, you know, rolled into town in the comics, he was just the freaking god of thunder. Right. And the Rainbow Bridge was actually a bridge made out of a rainbow. And it was, it was you know, not a neutrino wormhole generator. Um, yeah. So, but they, they chose that, and it, but it didn't fundamentally change who the character was. It still was from a race of people who have been shepherding people in the Nine Realms and who, who view their own culture through the lens of um, you know, Norse mythos. And this is basically, but we're going to change, you know, who a person actually is. Okay, that's a pretty and a central, important person. They've already set up who is daddy as the big question at the mm-hmm. end of the last film. It's like, oh, your dad is something ancient. Right. And that's what led a lot of people to think of Collector, because he's a freaking immortal who's been around since uh, things have been around. And who's just keeping himself distracted and from going insane with his immortality by collecting everything. Yeah. Um. We'll see where they go with it. It's interesting to see where they're standing up front. Yeah, we're 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 leaving the comic book narrative behind in this case. Here yeah, I mean, go. I think I think this property has that flexibility. Yeah. I think they've realized. Well, the movie was about a million times more popular than probably any of the comic books ever were. Yeah. The Guardians, exactly. So we're gonna go with the movie. <laughs> and pretty much, you know, the reveal of his dad in the comics is. It's nobody you know anything about until you meet him. And it's just, you know, dickhead, for one thing. He's a, mm-hmm. he's a real piece of work. He's basically, you know, emperor of a uh, you know, systems-spanning galactic empire. Right. Um, but fundamentally not a nice person. But you would have to basically build all that up for it to pay off in the movies. So we'd have to basically meet him at the beginning of the next movie and then you find out you know near the end oh my god you're my dad and you have to you Star know, Lord make I you make you father. care yes yes um if they instead you know hey we've been showing you this guy since you know the teaser at the end of uh dark world um mm-hmm. and hey he was his daddy the whole time oh hey that's and then it makes the again it makes the cinematic universe feel connected um we'll see yeah we shall see so, didn't really get much traits, though, from Benicio Del yeah, Toro. Yeah, he did not. <laughs> not at and Chris all. Chris Pine. Well, especially with the, with the way they have Benicio made up yeah. in the movie. In the, he's playing it as a truly alien, you know, wacky kind of guy. Um, I love Benicio Del Toro, but he, he's a little off-putting in the role. Yes. Oh, yeah. um, I think he's supposed to be because he's, right, he's right. this he's immortal, immortal being who, who don't care about you short-lived you know, amoebas. Yeah. Um, and I loved how they had Rocket mocking him with the, uh, cause he does the whole thing where he's ooh, so excited and, and, you know, he's, he's holding his fists when he sees the, the, the power gem for the first time. And then right afterwards, Rocket's like, oh, we're so excited. And he just it mimics him perfectly. Like the animators yeah. nailed it. It was hilarious. <laughs> um, so I just, I'm so excited to get paid, asshole. Um, so I had there's a Wired uh, article we're going to go to here, sure. That I had I had the exact experience of what they're talking about in this uh, mm-hmm. article. So I really didn't pay close attention to the Super Bowl this year. Um, Do so you ever? I, yeah, sometimes I do. I'll watch for the um, for the commercials, and if I'm with somebody who's who's you know more into the sports side of it, I, I don't actively avoid it. Um, but I just it didn't. There were no brain cycles for it this year, so I started. You know, browsing Reddit and reading online news sources, and I start seeing Left Shark. Yeah. Oh yeah. And 
dead kid commercials and <laughs> what what in the hell did I miss? You missed quite a bit, let me tell you. So I've since gone back and educated myself. Um, so this is while you were offline, the internet freaks over the Super Bowl ads and left Shark. Yeah. Because, I mean, the Sharks were really weird. Yeah. But then when you watch them in action, poor left Shark is just a lost, confused <laughs> hot mess. <laughs> Not enough well, rehearsal. Well, he wasn't in the water. Like, it was right, but right Shark had the moves down. Mm. Like, Right Shark was doing okay. <laughs> left Shark was like last-minute replacement Shark or something. <laughs> <laughs> like, he had no idea what he was doing. So for people who don't know the hell we're talking about, Katy Perry had the halftime show. Yeah. And she had a whole sequence with a nautical-themed dancing, you know, surfers and dancing. And they had two dudes or two who knows what was under all that foam? Yeah. Two people, two sharks, dancing with shark costumes on, Cute, yeah. cutesy foam shark costumes, and the shark on the right was nailing the moves with Katie, and shark on the left was it's a little <laughs> not there, not all there, just kind just, of just flailing sad. around yeah. a little bit. <laughs> like, this is where my career like is rocking. I'm yeah. dressed as a shark <laughs> on national TV. Somebody kill me! <laughs> um, but of course, like the internet does. Apparently, we adopted Left Shark and ran with him. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so Left Shark was all over the place forever. Mm. Um, <laughs> up to the point where there's a great bit with the, the uh, person who sells uh, models you can plug into your 3D printer created a Left Shark model and put it up for sale and earned himself a cease and desist uh, letter from Katy Perry's lawyers. Because... I don't know why they would care. Somebody's making like 24 bucks a piece on a shark that they carved out of foam. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so Left Shark became <laughs> this thing. So the other, <laughs> the most depressing series of, there were the, normally Super you think Super Bowl ad, you think funny, memorable, wacky, crazy things that they do for their moment in the spotlight. Um, Nationwide Insurance, went yeah. to a, they went to a different meeting. And they ran their ad featuring cute kid, you know, 12, 13-year-old boy, talking about you know, things, you know, milestones that you achieve in life. And then caps it off with the, the twist ending of, but I never got to do all these things because I was killed. You know, I died. I died. And then yeah. they show scenes of the open second story window with the drapes blowing out. Like, oh, great. Kid plummeted to his death. Oh, great. They cut to the scene of the family room where the unsecured 50-inch flat panel TV <laughs> has fallen forward and crushed a child. What is wrong with you people? <laughs> Who thought that this was what you put in your multi-million dollar Super Bowl ad? And basically saying, you should insure your kids so you get money when they die. What? Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like a cold slap of water. And I think what they were going for was like, we're going to be the shocking one in the middle of a bunch of fun right. musical ads. We'll be memorable. And, we're gonna, we're gonna, and their message they were trying for was... You know, do the things in your life to keep your kids safe. Sure. Um, boy, was that not clear in the. <laughs> that, that was, that was not featured front and center in the ad itself. Uh, the, 
the other big problem they ran into was that apparently no at like none of these companies talked to each other because it was in the middle of a bunch of other really depressing ads. Yes, yeah. they, they grouped so them all it was together. definitely the most depressing, but it wasn't quite the shock compared to everything else because up to that point we've had ads that made us feel terrible, like maybe we're bad fathers. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. And like, you know, you had a Coke ad that was kind of happy. Well, no, it was they, everyone was a jerk. Everyone was until a jerk and then Coke made it better. But you still had people being jerks like the entire time. Um, and so it just really was just a strange Super Bowl for like the, the ad choices. Well, you and mentioned the, 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 the later fallout from the um, Coke ad. Well, yeah. Coke <laughs> learned a very important lesson that seems to About have to the be taught at least every two to three months. Don't ask for people to do things on Twitter. Right. Just yeah, don't seriously. do it. If you're a company, don't have them... Put a hashtag, don't have them tweet you back, don't. and especially do not have a Twitter that responds automatically. Yes, don't make it a bot with no human veto power. Yeah. Because Gawker Media will rise up and kill you. Yeah. Um, they so, had, their, their, message, their message was, let's try to make uh, social media more positive. So there, there was kind of an anti-trolling, anti-beating-people-up you know, cyberbullying thing. Exactly. So it was, make it positive. Um, and but they they put a bot out there that would take input from people who use the hashtag and retweet basically. So people, the lovely people over at Gawker Media, yeah. got together and made their own bot. Um, and it started in succession, rapid fire, sending it the opening passages from Adolf Hitler's Mein Kampf. <laughs> Because somebody created a bot to start feeding that to it. Yes. So they basically got the Coke bot to start. Doing Nazi propaganda. Propaganda. <laughs> <laughs> at which point, at which point, it was summarily turned off, uh, tipped into a fire, and <laughs> somebody at Coke lost their job. Almost certainly, <laughs> Bob. This was your idea, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's not the kind of headlines we were looking for from this, Bob. Uh, yeah. yeah. But like literally. If you were walking in to Coca-Cola and pitching, like, and then we'll have this bot that automatically responds on Twitter, every company executive right now has to learn, like, no. 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 We're not doing that. Right. Maybe the ad's okay, but we are not doing something that interacts on Twitter. It's yeah. just, it's not no, worth this it. This one goes it's... on the pile along with um, where you vote on things that are named by the fans. Right. So I think it was Mountain Dew where the the winning uh, name for the product was Adolf Hitler did nothing wrong. Right. Um, or even extreme versions where I think Time had one of their online polls hacked <laughs> where they had enough bots to, to balance the number of votes where the first word in each of the winning ones down the list was never going to give you up, never going to let you. They rolled <laughs> the freaking poll. When you're going to do something like that, you know you're always going to get, hey, I mean, especially Coke, you're doing a contest about people trolling, right? Right. So you know people troll. So if you're going to do something like that, you take suggestions and then you pick some from there. You curate it. A person curates it, not a bot. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of trolls. That was insane. Yeah, that was... But, I mean, of course it became Nazi propaganda. Of course. (laughs) What else would you have expected? What is it? uh, Poe's Law, where every argument uh, on the Internet will eventually uh, contain the word Nazi within, like, two or three exchanges. I forget what what Poe's Law. I mean, I forget. Hang on. 
Poe's Law? It was one of those things where... um, Let's see. No, I'm removing it. I'm remembering it incorrectly. Yeah. Um, There's someone out there who's made said that anytime you you argue with someone on the internet, eventually someone is going to call someone else a Nazi before it's done. Well... Even with all this mess going on, I'd say we we got some pretty good memes out of it. At oh least. yeah! Oh hell yeah! Left shark. I mean, that's, that's, well, the little kid one. <laughs> oh, that was my my favorite one was because I mean, if you'd watch the Super Bowl, it ended on not a controversy, but it was just controversial. The call that the Seattle Seahawks right. did at the one. Why did you line pass was, when you got a strong? Yeah, they basically game. you know they ran the play before and got four yards. They had second and goal. You basically had the game there and proven that they one could of the run best running in. backs, one of the best running right. backs, and you instead go back and throw it and you throw an interception that effectively ended the game. So it was a huge call by the Seattle Seahawks. So you had everybody going, why wouldn't you run? Why wouldn't you run? So mm-hmm. somebody posted a meme of this, the, the kid from the commercial, and it says, I would have given the ball to Marshawn Lynch, but I died. <laughs> but I died. <laughs> that's awesome. That is the- like, that's pretty much sums up the Super Bowl oh, right yeah. there. <laughs> There's been some awesome ones, yeah. So uh, so the, the internet giveth and the internet taketh away. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so from... GameSpot, uh, Valve has been aggressively banning uh, cheaters. That's, that's you know, uh, Steam in general. They they have the the Valve anti cheat system in a lot of their games, but yeah. in this case, they're banning pro players um, from their esports games because of uh, match Cheating. match fixing, um, match fixing, betting, yeah. yeah, betting on, on betting on matches and then throwing the match. Um, so another indication that esports is growing up and becoming just like boxing. Um, but the so, oh, they've got an update on here. Oh, so the, one one of the people in the original story got their ban lifted because it apparently had no foundation in truth. The original story: Valve has banned an additional nineteen pro Counter Strike Global Offensive players from sponsored events and instructed players to never bet on games they could have inside information on. The company has announced. So basically, they found a whole bunch of players who were betting on their own matches that, hey, they some betting on themselves to lose. Hmm, I wonder if somebody's going to throw the game. Yeah. Um, so trying to increase or recover integrity uh, lost in – and whenever you bring gambling in – uh, there's going to be somebody who's going to try and fix the fix the system. Sure, and oh, here here it is yet again. But the fact that they are taking action means, hey, we care about Counter Strike being a real esport, a real competitive sport, and we're willing to take the steps necessary to, you know, kick you out for life if you don't want to play ball fairly. And yeah. it's such a fledgling sport right yeah. now that you don't want to make any mistakes and you don't want the spectators to feel that there is anything going on yeah. other than just teams being competitive with each other. Yeah. Now, we've had stories in the show before where, you know, wall hacking and boosting yeah. were going on and people getting pissed off at map hacks and gray areas of what's cheating if I can, if I can do it, but... In you know, if I can do it on the map, you know, why shouldn't I be able to do it? It's like, well, because the rules over here say you're not, you're even if it's available to you, you're not supposed to do it. So, yeah, don't do that. Um, so yeah, this is again, I, I see this just as an, another growing pain of you know, esports as a thing. Um, 
but you know the good side is there's there is growing going on. Yes, the pain is happening, but it's because it is becoming a more established thing. So part of me is cheering for the fact that okay, we have you know a, a game throwing a match throwing scandal. Yay! That means you know it grew up to the point where someone bothered to try and fix a match. That means it was right. substantial and and you know in, important, in, enough. important enough that okay now mm-hmm. fix it. Make the assholes go away and not throw matches, but. We, we continue to grow. Uh, the nerds are, are continuing to take over the earth. Yeah. And I'm good with that. Yeah. It's, uh, it's you know, a, a maybe not healthy step, but yeah. it's definitely it's, a step. It's, it's, an, it's in an, the, an indicator. Going forward. Every yeah. sport has had its issues. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, as a new sport, it's obviously going to have the issues. But again, as long as you're stomping them out early, it should and be a in, great a High visibility sport. saying... Look, this is what happens to you when you cheat, and we will catch you, so don't bother. Yeah, exactly. So from the, uh, this is why you carry, you know, three and four electronic devices on you at all times file, uh, the weird web brings us a pilot and his wife use an iPad to crash land their plane at a regional airport. Now, when you read that title, that could be a little bit of this thing, because I pictured, huh, People on the ground fiddling with an iPad, causing a plane to crash land. Right, right. No, that's not what this was about. Um, causing a plane to crash land. They were in the plane, which total, which suffered a total electrical system failure. So all they had was airspeed and um, altimeter. So they knew how high they were and how fast they were going. Nothing else. Brought up uh, a live map tracking app on their iPad. And GPS their way to the airport, and the gear was also not working on the plane because that's hey part of the electrical system. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they bellied the plane in, but they were able to do it because they could navigate effectively off of a freaking iPad in the sky. Go nerd technology, go. Exactly. Yeah, I mean it'd be cool if they like Googled how to land a plane. <laughs> <laughs> Like, is there a YouTube video out there we can watch? How much fuel do we have? If he's the pilot, he should already know how to land the plane. Well, maybe after electrical failure. Okay. Good at that. I I would want to see that person's search history from that day. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Will I survive if I throw his body underneath me? Oh, sorry. It's funny what you were saying at the beginning, how the title kind of was a little bit misleading. A little bit. I was reading something the other day. I was looking for some stuff and popped up on one of the Pinterest things I was looking for. And there's um, two newscasters and the TV behind them says cheeseburger stabbing. Cheeseburger stabbing? <laughs> what? So under it, it says, I can't decide if someone stabs someone else over a cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. Someone stabs someone else with a cheeseburger. <laughs> someone stabbed a cheeseburger. A cheeseburger stabbed someone or a cheeseburger stabbed another cheeseburger. <laughs> So many different ways you can take that. Yeah. So be a little more clear on your titles out there. No kidding. Uh, I'm looking in the list here. I can't. Why can't I find Barry on Skype? Ah. Uh-huh. Oh, there he is. Because you know we got to bring him in so we can take issues with all the things we've done wrong. Of course. Uh, where does he? Uh, why is so next working? week uh, Valentine's Day. Do you celebrate that? Uh, only by ignoring it. Okay. Um, oh, there we go. Invite to group call. Um, yeah, not not big on the on the the truly hallmarky hallmark holidays. Um, but we might we might go do fondue or something. We'll see. Just 
but it's just a, a hell of a day to try and get a reservation at a at a. That's for sure. Yeah. At any restaurant. All right, Barry. What did we do wrong? All right, I made a list. <laughs> First and foremost, Grail actually said no flutes were involved in the costuming of the Pied Piper, which is not true. There were flute parts in his little gauntlet things. Really? Really? Yeah. If you look at the, the actual mechanisms, they were made up of, like, valves, valves and, and electronics. I totally, totally missed that. Toning weaponry. Okay, well, luckily it wasn't noticeable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Poe's Law is about... Um, Oh, it's about how people mistake parody for thing. It's inevitable on the internet. Okay. And, and like how people are You, you cannot like detect sarcasm. Linking, yeah, they can't detect sarcasm. They're constantly like uh, sourcing Onion articles as truth. There you go. Because they're idiots. Uh, you were thinking it was Godwin's Law. Thank you. Yes. Uh, which is about how any argument on the uh, internet inevitably will deteriorate to Nazism. And there's a corollary to that, that any argument on the internet is over as soon as someone brings up Nazis. Ah. Okay, so Godwin's Law is what I think. Poe's Law has application because you can't detect sarcasm over the internet very easily. Or yeah. some people just should, if shouldn't you're an idiot. use it. Yeah, if you're and, an idiot. and apparently a ton of people don't know what the onion is. <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah, seriously. All right, and now for the last thing is there is proof that you can do a live-action Zelda series. Uh, a gaming website did it in three parts last year. Now, it's not quite just a live-action version of the games. Uh, it is a mashup of a Western and the elements from Legend of Zelda. It's called A Fistful of Rupees. <laughs> it's in three parts, and it's on YouTube. I have a link I can uh, to part one here. I can put it in the IRC. Make sure you put that in the subreddit, too. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. No, shoot. I didn't get that right. Sorry. Well, that was the uh, previous one. That's that's the last article you guys did. Sorry, uh, but I have it here uh, a fistful of rupees. I, I, fistful of rupees. You can you can go you can look that up on YouTube. Oh, no, uh, I absolutely will. Because huh. I know that um, Sandeep Parikh over at F and Funny did a whole um, comedy series. I forgot the name yeah. of, of the guy sucked into the Zelda games. Um, oh yeah, the Legend yeah. of Neil. Legend yeah, of Neil. Legend Thank of you. Yes, that was pretty exactly. good. Which is pretty damn good. Um, that was pretty good. Especially uh, every time they had a uh, creepy old guy. Um. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the wizard. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who is complete, complete creepwad in this one. Yeah, you talked about how like you get a high off being around uh, Zelda super yeah. fans. That's me. Yeah. I'm the Zelda super fan in this group. You were who I, I was thinking of. Yeah, I have a Triforce tattoo, man. I don't mess around. I've played every Zelda game I could ever get my hands on. I shelled out. I shelled out money for a Japanese-only Zelda figure that's amazing. I still haven't taken it out of the box, but I bought it. Mint in box. Yeah. yeah well, <laughs> this is the super posable, changeable faces one that you see a lot of memes of with it on the internet. Mm -hmm. mm. Uh, it's like because you can do anything you want with this figurine, and it's about it's average action figure size. I'd say it's about six and a half inches tall, so you can pose it with other action figures. And because he he's like. Super adaptable, like you oh, I've seen animations like, made with that with that figure. Zany situations, yeah. You see him a lot with that weird, creepy Woody yes. uh, toy that yes. came out. Yeah, yeah. Super, super posable Woody, Woody with the uh, <laughs> with his posable Willy. Willy. With his, with his, <laughs> yes, Woody with his Willy. So, super fan, uh, what was your reaction when you saw that they were looking for live action development? It'll be cool. 
Um, hopefully it won't go too much along the lines of the cartoon series from the 80s, which wasn't as short-lived as you think. I have it on DVD, and there were, because it was uh, part of the Super Mario Brothers cartoon show, so it would only be like half of it, like the Each episode is like 15 minutes of a t- TV show, so it's really only like 12, 10 to 12 minutes. Mm-hmm. But they made, like, that Super Mario Brothers show ran for like three seasons, and that was one of the things that they could go to. Uh, they also had like Mario Brothers cartoons and they something else too. I can't remember, but I have a DVD that's just the the, the Link cartoons, and it's long. It's like three discs. Hmm. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot of stuff on there. And Daxa apparently didn't get my "Excuse Me, Princess" reference, but I didn't. Sorry. That's from the cartoon show from the '80s. Well, like uh, I said, I've never you know I've never been a big Zelda fan, but mm-hmm. I mean everyone around me definitely is. So I really should. Yeah, educate myself. Educate yourself. Exactly. The great thing, the great thing about the Zelda games is that it, they, as games, as video games, they peaked in the Super Nintendo era. Right. And every game since then is just a remake of that game, which is fine by me because that game's perfect. It, it was really uh, uh, best in in breed um, as far as just with the limited gameplay mechanics they could have, they used them really, really well, and and they made. You look at it objectively, it's freaking repetitive, where you're basically revisiting the same types of areas with new sprites inserted, mm-hmm. and they still made it fun if you want to complete it. You really want to go down the rabbit hole. I actually have a copy of Hyrule Historia, the hardcover book, that is a complete synopsis of all the Zelda games together, and that is published by Nintendo, and proof that all of the Zelda games exist in the same universe and much like uh, the Cylons and the humans on Battlestar Galactica, it's just a repetition over and over and over again. All of this has happened before. All it of this has happened before again. And, and again. And if you look at the time, the published timeline of the Zelda universe, there's actually uh, two to three alternate splinter universes that some of the games exist in. Uh, Ocarina of Time actually broke the universe. So there's one thread and, and branch of the tree that is pulled off of uh, what would happen if Link didn't save the world in the future, mm-hmm. and one that's branched off of if he did save it in the future, in the pa- go back into the past and change things, and it's 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 crazy. But, but like, but it all it like, all has an internal order. logic that fits together. And the games, as published, don't take place in chronological order. Right. Some like they'll come up with a new game and they'll be like, "This actually takes place before X and after Y." And you're well, just like, that's the whole. Uh, Terminator Genesis thing, where you go on long enough in the series, especially where there's time travel involved, and you can just go up, jump everywhere. in, jump in the time stream anytime you want to tell your story. Yeah. Um, so Link, as the hero, the hero is just a person that's reborn. He just always happens to look the same, he, and he's destined to save the world and protect the Triforce. He's just this thing that the universe or magic or whatever creates whenever they need it. All stories are the wheel of time, okay? We'll just leave it at that. That's right. All right. Let's uh, steer this ship into Riddle Bay, as Paul and Storm say, and wrap it up. Uh, You have been listening to Casually Hardcore live on alphageekradio.com. And by the way, Barry, the word you were looking for was synopsis. Um, Just saying. Um, Synapses. Did I say that? Yes, you did. You pulled pulled a major grail there, and I'm calling you out on it. (laughs) You do no. not you do not challenge the master in his own house. I think you will grail an apology. Oh wait. 
<laughs> no, I don't, because I won up to him this week. I played the word Grail against him in a game of words with friends. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it was impressive. When I saw that, I was like, wow. <laughs> Get I don't slapped. think take it. See, I, I can't reciprocate though, because I don't think Barry VA is a legal word. No. <laughs> well, if you reciprocated properly. I think you're now beating me by over a hundred points. Well, yeah, that's the, that's my normal reciprocation. <laughs> just <laughs> reciprocity. Just just bitch slap him harder. All right. Uh, all kinds of new ways to listen live and listen to all the shows on the Alpha Geek Radio Network, of which there are a lot more than there used to be. Uh, check out the Shows tab uh, on the front page of the website, and you may see a much longer list than the last time you were there. Uh, I've created tunein.alphageekradio.com as a summary page of all the different devices uh, you can get the stream on. I want, you, I want you to be able to listen on your potato, so go in there and make sure your, your device is on the list. There's no excuse for you not to tune in live when there's a show on the air. Uh, Normalize, what if my potato is too small? Then water it. Is, that, is this a Portal 2 reference? <laughs> it's a s- slight Portal 2 reference, slight smartphone reference, because when early when cameras were in the phones were crappier, um, you know, the, oh, the potato fr- quality, the, yeah. yeah, the photography purist would say, what did you do? Take that with your potato? Like, and say, Excuse me for the potato quality. I'll, I only had my smartphone. Um, so you can listen on your potato. Do you see what I did there? Aha! Uh-huh. Aha! Uh-huh. He has a plan. Uh, thank you again to all the volunteers that submit links on our subreddit, alphageekradio.reddit.com. Head on over there. Um, send us your weird things you find on the web that you want us to talk about. Upvote things you want to hear talked about on the show. Downvote things you do not. Or just have a conversation with the other denizens of the uh, subreddit. It's a fun place to be on the internet. Find us on the Facebook just search for Casually Hardcore to find the show's page or Alpha Geek Radio to find the network's page. We are on the tweeter. Uh, the show is Hardcore Casuals. Uh, the network is Alpha Geek Radio. I am on there as Gnomewise. Daxa is on there as Daxa C-H. That's D-A-K-S-A-C-H. And Grail is on there as Izzy Grail. I-Z-Z-Y-G-R-A-I-L. And you're still Barry V-A these days? B-A-R-R-Y-V-A? On Twitter? Yes. No, I'm Barry Von Awesome. Oh, you all spelled out. Barry Von Awesome. The Barry Von Awesome, but without the V. <laughs> Send mail to the show at alphageekradio.com. That's the show at alphageekradio.com. If you like what we're doing at the network, please become our patron at patreon.com slash alphageek. Every little bit. Want to send us a buck a month? Great. It'll help a ton. Uh, we appreciate all the assistance from all of our patrons. You can always go to the front page of alphageekradio.com and click on the Patron Hall of Fame and see a list of all those who are supporting us in our drive to bring you quality entertainment on your potato. Because that's how we roll. Exactly. Ah, so, until next Bat Time and Bat Channel, I have been Gnomewise. I have been Dexa. And I've been Grail. Bye-bye, radio people.